0: So what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. So I think in terms of life and some of the changes and choices we make, regardless of the field or endeavor, it's interesting if you look back and make that determination, that epiphany, if you will, as to what was the turning point in your life when you decided that you wanted to be a... (laughs) Welcome
1: to Game Dev Advice, the Game Developers Podcast, your place for resources and in-depth conversations with other game development professionals. I'm your host, John J.P. Podlasic. I've worked at 10 different game companies starting back in 1989 with the TurboGrafx-16. Over the decades, I've developed games like Mortal Kombat, Avengers Initiative, Beavis and Butthead, and numerous others. I now work for a startup called Level X. But this podcast isn't about me. It's about you and the game development community. So if you have questions or ideas, give a call 224 484 7733 or go to the gamedevadvice.com website. So let's kick things off with the new Game Dev Advice. If you have any interest in pinball, this episode is for you. It's a special interview with pinball legend Roger Sharp. Who's that? Here's some info. Roger Sharpe's demonstration of pinball as a skill-based game overturned New York City's 34-year ban on pinball machines in 1976. Yes, it used to be illegal in New York City to play pinball, along with many other big cities in the U.S. His story, now made into a feature film, Pinball, The Man Who Saved the Game, is set to open in theaters and streaming platforms like Apple TV, on March 17th, 2023, i.e. it's out now. Roger is also the former director of marketing and licensing at Williams Valley Midway, along with being a pinball historian, a player, and former pinball designer at Stern Williams and Gameplan. I know I say this often, but this is really a special episode, especially when you consider the historical significance of what he did in the pinball industry. Enjoy. Hey Roger, how's it going?
0: It is going. And yourself, sir.
1: I am doing well. Staying warm, getting a little bit of snow here. So what part of the world are you calling in from tonight?
0: Uh, North of suburbs outside of Chicago. uh, The wonderful uh, snow-covered plains of Arlington Heights, (laughs) Illinois. We've gotten hammered a little bit and still are getting it. So why don't you tell me about your current role right now? Uh, Consulting with a number of clients. Okay. I've had my own uh, company for a number of years, Sharp Communications, a creative services agency. Mm-hmm. We have done promotions, marketing, uh, advertising, product design, development. Uh, admittedly, brand licensing, which I think for uh, a vast majority of folks know yeah. me for that role. Right. Uh, and I have been doing it as a side venture mm-hmm. over many years, and finally, the last I guess three and a half okay. years, uh, it's been. Uh, full-time and for some reason people keep on reaching out asking <laughs> uh for uh my services and uh so that's what's taking up my time
1: okay and that's how i know you f- from brand because we worked together was it two or three names ago wms gaming which became scientific games gaming sure. which became light and wonder magic whatever their name is right now um but yeah we, we used to have those licensing meetings and you, I remember going to that big conference room, you're like, Hey, we got the Godfather, what are we gonna you know, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but that's how we know each other. So yeah, yeah, licensing was always a big deal. So can you tell me about the new movie Pinball, The Man Who Saved the Game? Very excited about yeah,
0: it.
2: Yeah.
1: It's um, it's very cool. I'm excited about the trailer I'm gonna put it in the show notes. So uh please share.
0: Well, no, I mean uh, when you do something at a particular stage in life, depending on who you are and what it is that you have you know, worked on Mm -hmm. or achieved. From my standpoint, it really wasn't anything that I thought would have, I guess, endurance.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I've joked that, uh, you know, I've thought of myself as a historical footnote when it comes (laughs) to the world of pinball machines. Yeah, Having testified in New York City, which is the crux of this movie, um, Uh to help legalize pinball and Turn over a law that had been on the books for thirty five years yeah. uh but also uh the genesis for uh, a pinball book mm-hmm. that i I worked on e p. Dutton as the publisher which came out in nineteen seventy seven okay so the fact that both of those events in my life uh somewhat parallel each other uh suddenly out of the blue in february of twenty twenty I wound up uh, receiving this random email and uh Meredith and Austin Brad, two brothers,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. were looking at a project to work on. They had just finished a short film with MPI, the Moving Picture Institute, being the production company. And MPI is a production company as well as a talent incubator. Mm. Marvelous organization. Anyway, they had reached out and asked if uh, anybody ever got a movie about me. Mm -hmm. And uh, we wound up getting on a call, exchange a couple of emails. Yeah. And it was like my assumption was that I've been in a number of documentaries and
1: yeah, insert coin, news, like yeah,
0: news, right, news programs mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah. So it was like you know I guess these folks are calling, seeing if they want to do something. Where I'll yes, I'll give you some time, mm-hmm. and then you're going to go around and finish your film talking to other people. It's like no, 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 no. We actually want to do a movie about you. <laughs> And it was, uh, long, so what? yeah, seriously, really? Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> and uh, we started talking and uh, wound up uh, putting me in touch with uh, the folks at MPI okay. who were going to be back in the project. And I-, I didn't really take it seriously mm-hmm. in the beginning. And as things progressed and went through and went through contracts with my attorney and theirs to solidify everything. Right. Uh, suddenly, the doors parted, and uh, we wound up uh, having many, many, many long Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. And for people who know me, I, I tend to be somewhat verbose, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but it was COVID. So oh,
2: yeah. yeah. You know, the going time anywhere. frame
0: was <laughs> we weren't able to get together anyway. Right. So the convenience of Zoom calls
2: mm-hmm.
0: provided the backdrop for piecing together my life. And effectively, the movie focuses on a specific period in my life. It's not just pinball, although pinball is a core and central theme. Yeah. It tends to focus as well on the relationship with my wife, Ellen. Okay. And uh, her son Mm -hmm. uh, and the uh, relationship that uh, we created and evolved with. Yeah, So uh, it's... uh, a little slice of life and history. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that is uh, what's going on with Pinball, the man who saved the game. And uh, March 17th, Okay. Uh, Vertical Entertainment will be uh, releasing it theatrically. I don't know what movie theaters and cities yet. Okay. Uh, but they've also made the announcement for streaming, which will happen uh, concurrently on that date.
1: Oh, that's great. So, so if you can't make the theater, you have streaming options and stuff. Um, yep. It blows my, my freaking mind, right? Like, cause I, I remember being a kid in Door County in the late seventies and going into a bowling alley with my god uncle who had a bunch of quarters and there was all these pinball machines, right? And it was just magical, right? Like I, I'd never seen anything like that before and just playing them. And the fact that pinballs were illegal, right? Probably just a few years earlier, right? This, This was like late. 78 79 maybe 80 79 yep. um the fact that it was illegal it's just it's just surreal and, and you tell people this now and they, they look at you like you have three heads right so I, I mean that is just it's just wild to think about that and, and how things have changed and because well, of we a lot of you right mm-hmm. i mean you showed them like this is not a game of chance it's a game of skill and that is um that's just huge which is it?
0: Whoa. Well, we, were, you know, we've had a number of film festivals and we've won some awards, which I think is is really marvelous. Have a phenomenal cast. We can touch mm-hmm. upon that later. But yeah, you know, I, I grew up on the south side of Chicago,
2: mm. okay.
0: and other than a side visit, which I actually have in my pinball book, right? Only time I really encountered and played pinball was when we went downstate to visit my sister. So it was okay. a mom's day weekend or whatever else, and yeah. we were sitting around talking. I could care less what was going on <laughs> with the sorority, and there's an age difference between myself and my sister, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm much younger. And it was like, you know, let me have a dime. I think back then, ah,
2: right.
0: and I will play, you know, pinball while you guys catch up. Uh-huh. And I really didn't discover pinball until I went to college at the University of Wisconsin,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, where there were pinball machines. And after graduation, I moved to New York begin a career in advertising again this is a side frame to it all yeah and there was no pinball machines in new york but i wow. found some and there was this you know ignorance to feast mm-hmm. to famine right? and the desire because i found myself in a position at gentleman's quarterly mm-hmm. to um, actually write an article and the premise And purpose and motivation was if I can write an article, I'll meet some people and I'll find out how I can buy my own game. Uh, Right. And the net result of that was a situation of going to the New York Public Library. This is 1974. Wow. And uh, there were no books on the subject. Really? And I I didn't know that pinball was illegal until I did a little (laughs) bit more research. And uh, I made a comment to the editor that, uh, you know, that piece I was going to be writing about pinball, and <laughs> take a little bit longer. There's no books on the subject. There was no reference that I could use. He said, well, you think you know so much? Why don't you write a book? Uh, and suddenly the outreach that I had been doing mm-hmm. was I'm doing research for an article in GQ and maybe a book. And then suddenly, you know, mm-hmm. there was a book contract and uh, the process began and Three years later, traveling around uh, the country and Europe with an incredibly talented, gifted photographer by the name of James Hamilton, the book came out uh, to great praise. And uh, as I said, just kind of take it in stride, the Amusement Association of New York reached out, Mm -hmm. and asked if I would be willing to testify in New York to help legalize pinball, overturn the ban, Mm -hmm. demonstrate that the game was a game of skill. Right. And lo and behold, you know, all those pieces kind of fell into place. Hmm. So the the fact, and I've said this before in in other circumstances, if I had grown up, I suppose, in a different place, right, the pinball would have been accessible, Hmm. I probably would have never thought twice about it.
2: Right. Right. The
0: fact that it wasn't and the fact that it just instantaneously captivated me when I was in college. Mm Suddenly was uh, an appropriate point in time to say, maybe I can get my own game. And all of the rest of it kind of unfolds accordingly. So I think in terms of life and some of the changes and choices we make, regardless of the field or endeavor, it's interesting if you look back and make that determination, that epiphany, if you will, as to what was the turning point in your life when you decided that you wanted to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. What was the turning point when you decided that maybe you had enough skills to be a professional athlete? Yeah. To be a ballerina.
2: Right.
0: To be a, a professor of history. Right. I mean, any any endeavor, there had to be some turning point at some moment in time, whether it was, well, I come from a long line of attorneys. It was my father and my grandfather <laughs> right. I was pushed into and it. my right. grandfather before him. I mean, there has to be some determining factor as to why we go into plumbing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: why we go in to become an electrician, whatever it is, whatever that fascination is, yeah, whatever that motivation might be. So I, I tend to kind of universalize my experience in a way that hopefully applies to each and every person who's out there.
1: Mm-hmm. There is that, that tipping point or that thing that kind of pushes you and, you know, I think back to to my life and I don't even remember it, but I remember telling somebody and someone told me that I told my mom that and I don't remember it, but I used to go to the machine, which was an arcade, and I remember like, I'm gonna make video games someday and I, I literally don't remember that and somebody told me that years later and I'm like, shit, I, did I say that right And it was just like there was something that just snapped and triggered and I, I said that and it's like, I set that course whether I knew it or not, and then studied art in college, and then this, that, and the other, and 30-some years later, here I am. But, um, yeah, you you think about those decisions and those forks in the road and how things can change and, you know, the rest of your life can be different now. So,
2: yeah, it's it's
0: Oh, no, definitely. Look, when I was in college, uh, my career path was kind of Mm open-ended, and I wound up taking a course at the University of Wisconsin the School of Journalism on Advertising. Right. And the professor was Ivan Preston, and uh, I just fell in love with it. I didn't know anything about it. I took all the courses that he was teaching, <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, that became the first uh, career that I had was in advertising as a copywriter and an account exec. Uh, I won some awards, Great, but I knew I wanted to do writing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but you know I had not really thought it through. So to the point that you're saying in terms of, you know, I'm going to do video games someday. Yeah. I think that sometimes, you know, when we least expect it, unless we are, I don't know, really locked and loaded. <laughs> and I think for those people who are, God bless them
2: Yeah, right. to kind
0: of know what they want. to know. clarity, I, right. My son always wanted to be an accountant.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: there was no ifs, ands, or buts. He's the CFO now of the leading video game company uh, out there called uh, Raw Thrills for coin-operated video oh, games.
1: Ah, Jarvis and the crew, yeah, Working yeah. Working yeah.
0: with Eugene Jarvis and yeah, yeah. Andy Eloff. And, and the you rest have, of a right. very talented, yeah. creative group.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but you know, I won't say that it was myopic vision. Mm-hmm. But he just knew that's what I want. That's what's going to fulfill me. Yeah. And I think that that's marvelous when you can find a path that you call your own. Or in my case, when you stumble on a path mm-hmm. and suddenly it defines itself for you.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. It reveals itself, and then you just follow it. You yeah, know, that, that's exciting. So what advice would you give someone looking to get their first job now in pinball, right? Like all these years later and how the industry's changed and consolidated and expanded and contracted. And we all know Stern is the epicenter, right? They're awesome. Our friends work there. But like, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, I mean, currently, and and yes, uh, Stern is the gold standard for everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, people have said, you know, I'm the man who saved pinball. Uh, I, I think that uh, Gary Stern, yeah. truthfully, after Williams and Bally shut down in '99, uh-huh. uh, that uh, Gary kept it alive and uh, has thrived ever since. I think that someone like uh, Jack Guinari with Jersey Jack Pinball,
1: oh Jersey Jack, yeah, really yeah. kind of right. gave
0: it new life, mm-hmm. uh, and the new life was LCD screens that kind of changed, truthfully. The entire presentation uh-huh. of pinball today. So to answer your question, yeah, whether somebody has the aptitude mechanically or electronically
2: mm-hmm. to
0: go in and do programming or work on the line to get an understanding of the games, which is how many designers from a previous era started.
2: Oh, uh, like,
0: Steve Ritchie being one. Oh, Steve on Ritchie, yeah, yeah, like on the, the actual
1: assembly line, like like manufacturing,
0: learning, wow, parts. Jim Patlin. Greg Kamick starting really? as students at Gordon Tech. Oh, Gordon Tech over by Midway. Testers. Yeah, yeah, right. Yep. Okay. As play testers for ballet. Wow. Uh, right now, you're looking at new generation mm-hmm. of uh, young people that are coming in yeah. with particular skill sets, whether they have a familiarity and an understanding of pinball. Yeah. Do they want to go into graphics and art? Right. Do they want to go into sound? Right. And music. Right. You know, what are the various areas when you start to dissect? a pinball machine yeah. and say, what am I best suited for?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How do I pursue this? And then the doors are open. Yeah. Um, you have companies that exist. Uh, there's probably a good dozen companies populating the world. Okay, uh, From uh, Homepin out of China, Dutch Pinball in the Netherlands, mm. Pinball Brothers in the UK and Spain, ah. Chicago obviously still is an epicenter. Yeah with American Pinball, Chicago Gaming, and Stern. You have Spooky Pinball in Benton, Wisconsin. Hmm. You have a couple of companies in Canada. I mean, the list goes on and on. And if people are really sincere and want to do something, maybe it's nothing more than going out and becoming a field tech and getting your hands into the games, Mm -hmm. starting to fix them, getting an understanding of the electronics, the circuitry, uh, the mechanisms themselves. And uh, I, I think that, you know, unfortunately, different than video games, as you know, yeah. there's no classes that are out there <laughs> right. to teach somebody to do video game animation, mm-hmm. video game programming. I mean, that became a, a choice of colleges probably for the last couple of decades, Yeah, which amazes and astounds me because it really kind of legitimized. That category of of entertainment,
2: right? Which Much are, more so yeah. than
0: pinball. Pinball is still seen mm. as being old technology, all mechanical, lots of wires, solenoid banks, relays, switches, right. and it's like, yeah, no, you got to take a look at a game today and understand
2: mm-hmm. it's
0: kind of stepped up its right. mark a little bit. Yeah. So hopefully that gives uh, any intrepid, curious folks potential avenue to pursue.
1: Yeah, good point. There are other companies out there. And um, that's an interesting idea about being a field tech and just, you know, getting your hands with the machines and figuring out how things go. And and there has been this resurgence, right? Like, you know, you talked about COVID earlier, and it's like, people were trapped at home, and they had their vacation money. And like, what do you do? And uh, I love pinball, right? So they get it for the basement. And, And then when I toured Stern with George years ago, we talked, it was like, You know, all these unboxing uh, YouTube videos where people buy the pinball and they record, you know, the unboxing and all that kind of stuff. And then just walking around the floor there, I was amazed at just the production going on with all the people and the assembly lines. And then seeing all these machines lined up saying Italy, Germany, France, you know, it, it seemed like half of the machines that I just walked by were being shipped internationally. So, it, this kind of resurgence is uh, exciting because it's physical, right? Like, you're, it, it's not a screen, like, you're interacting with things. There's buttons and there's stuff going on, and balls and physical contact. It's, it's, it's well, the other
0: part to it, in all honesty, for people to be more fully exposed, there's about 5,000 different events, uh, tournaments, wow. leagues okay. taking place worldwide. Mm-hmm. There's a few million dollars in cash and prizes hmm. for people who want to play in any of these events. Right. And I think that, you know, if they go to the IFPA pinball website, which is a kind of a centralized uh, organization mm-hmm. that encourages organized competitions and the like, yeah. I guess there's close to 95,000 people that are now ranked wow. in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. But the reason I bring it up, and we were talking off-air before about Pinball Expo, yeah. is going to any of these events, locally or otherwise, At least you get to maybe meet some people from factories who are there.
2: Mm, Maybe
0: you get to listen to some folks at a seminar.
1: Right, presentation. uh,
0: Talking about. How do you repair a pinball machine? Right. And for those who maybe want to buy a game, Mm -hmm. it's the first venue to find something that maybe you like that might be uh, affordable Yeah, and to really kind of get close to the business. I will tell you for a fact that a new number of individuals across the board for all our companies, from designers on through to animators on through to programmers and the like, Mm. uh, have started their careers because they went to an event or two or three mm. and happened to meet people and find out, well, wow, there's an opening. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. I would love it. Right. So I think that that kind of exchange, and again, all fields of endeavor have certain conventions or right. uh, events and activities coming up is going to be uh, the game developers. Yeah.
1: tGC, I'll be out there next month. Yeah.
0: So, you know, where the folks wanting to get into video games?
1: Yeah, that's the place, right? That's the
2: Super Bowl. That's the place. Yeah.
0: And again, out of these numerous, multiple thousands of events worldwide, there's got to be something for people in their own backyard mm-hmm. or somewhat close to wherever they may be living.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and
1: I think in the Midwest, there's the, uh, the one up in Milwaukee, the um, Midwest, is Mid- Midwest Gaming, Gaming Classic. Yeah. yeah, Midwest Game Classic,
0: right. Well, and Texas Pinball Festival is coming up. Uh, toward the end of march and that generates about four thousand five thousand hmm. attendees for a three day period of time
2: okay that's so yeah
0: uh there are any events any number of events on the calendar
1: right plus europe too uh, i remember talking with greg how big pinball was in europe and going over to stuff over there so yeah it's,
0: yep, it's not- crazy in fact uh He and I both went to uh, the uh, Dutch pinball uh, open a number of years back. Yeah, I think you
1: told me about that. I had a travel
0: companion, right? which is great.
1: Taking the boat through the river
0: and all that kind of stuff, right?
1: Yep. So what's been one or two of your favorite pinballs to work on?
0: Wow. Well, admittedly, the games that I've designed
1: uh,
0: were, were were enjoyable, fair uh, to, no to, to say the least. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that you know any and all of the licensed games, both pinball, video, mm-hmm. and I'll even touch on novelty redemption, point-operated music games. Okay. Any and all licensed. Themes from 1988 until 2001, yeah. when effectively midway disbanded point operated video, yep. uh, were games that I worked on. You know, the first one with Elvira and oh, the Party Monsters okay. obviously stands out. Yeah, it was the first license that Williams had ever done mm-hmm. in 1988. Uh, admittedly, the uh, the two year torture of trying <laughs> to encourage and uh, get the NBA to agree to have NBA Jam, oh, uh, be created. Uh, stands out. Okay. Admittedly, working with uh, John Tobias and Ed Boone on Mortal Kombat uh, for what they originally envisioned wanting to do with John Claude Van Damme, right? And then uh, steering it into a different direction, and more importantly,
2: mm-hmm. being
0: the forefront of creating a merchandising and licensing program which embraced a couple of feature films, right. obviously the video games with uh, acclaim, uh, yep. and you know. Really, kind of bringing a franchise to life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, so you exciting. know, those are some of the things that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, admittedly, look, working on Indiana Jones with Mark Ritchie,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: getting out to the ranch um, oh, with George um, Lucas and everybody.
2: Yeah, that's fun. Cool. Yeah,
0: uh, doing it again with Episode One, despite the results of that movie <laughs> and the results <laughs> of that game, are equally <laughs> enchanting. Right. Uh, but uh, you know, Terminator. Too, I oh. working with Jim Cameron. Oh,
2: wow. And, uh, you know, That's uh, cool.
0: that and the late Stan Winston. That was a wonderful experience with uh, Steve mm-hmm. and then Jack Hager and George Petru,
2: Steve Yeah.
0: So, so, yeah, I mean, the list kind of goes on and on. Were there favorites that I had personally? Yeah, you know, it's kind yeah. of like asking Sophie's Choice, <laughs> you know, which one are you willing to save?
2: Right. And I think that right. the,
0: the life experience that I had, and it became and has become a lasting legacy of my life. My favorites are absolutely the games that I worked on, but also being able to help bring to life the vision of other creative people, yeah, yourself included, to say, all right, mm. Arctic mm. Thunder, are we going to work with Bombardier? <laughs> Let me go up to Montreal, meet with them, and let's see if we can use their snowmobiles. Oh, so all right. it was that's things right. like yeah. that, even incidentally, right. that uh, gave me joy to be able to come back and say, all right, guys, guess what? This is yep. what we're able to do. And I remember Brian coming mm-hmm. out with me on one of the trips yeah. and looking at yeah. all the bikes so that he had a better yeah. understanding. I was just being the front person, the creative liaison to right. say, right. yes, if you want to do this, I can get the deal done.
1: Right. No, that's that's, that's exciting. Cool. And then i mean even thinking about, you know, MK and Ed, like Ed had program pinballs and mike back in the day too right so you know, oh, there, sure. was that, there was that legacy it wasn't a foreign concept right they'd made pinballs and transitioned to video because there was that whole period where it was people making pinball people went to video and then you know some people well went you even to mentioned it. brian
0: eddie before brian started yeah. in, in video and then switched over with the shadow yeah, being I, his well. first pinball and again based on a license and then you know, stepping up and creating a couple of landmark games with medieval madness.
1: Medieval Madness and, that's what I was
0: that's uh, that's like, with a tap from Mars.
1: Right. Those are just considered classics, right? That medieval madness, that's that's yep. one of the gold standards. And yeah, I remember being at Brian's basement and just he had all the machines chronological, probably like you do, right? <laughs> like everyone he worked on, and I was just like, damn, this is a hell of well, a Well and basement. now his
0: son is involved in the business as well. He works at Stern, so so uh, there you go. It's a second generation yeah, right. already.
1: Right. Yeah. So what are you curious about right now in the industry? Anything sticking out or interesting to you?
0: I think that what I found fascinating through COVID, you kind of touched upon it earlier. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, a lot of, of businesses, at least in the entertainment world, movie theaters and, and freestanding locations, uh, suffered. Right. They had to close their doors. What was fascinating to me was uh, many of the game rooms that existed out there or businesses which had games. As an adjunct
2: mm-hmm. to
0: their day-to-day operations, started selling or renting their equipment. Huh. Oh. So To your point, with somebody wanting to have their own pinball machine. Hi, I'm stuck in COVID. Right. Well, let me go down to you know James Arcade mm-hmm. and see if I can pick up that wonderful uh, Earthshaker pinball machine I really like, yeah. and maybe they'll let me you know buy it or rent it. Mm-hmm. So at least there was revenue that was coming into some of those places. Yeah. And I think what wound up happening, if you take a look at it, is that it set up a situation where fully about 90% of production when it was happening, piecemeal mm. at best, yeah. because yeah. of the two-year dormancy period, uh, suddenly was focused on private home sales. Mm. It's mm-hmm. now kind of shifted in balance
2: yeah. to commercial and all that. locations,
0: yeah. barcades, which have emerged, mm-hmm. and, and other freestanding uh, family entertainment centers Mm. or places like Dave and Buster's and the like. Yeah. What I see going forward is that the community specifically for pinball machines
2: Mm
0: -hmm. is going to continue to grow. I I touched upon IFPA, the international flipper pinball association. It is staggering to me to see the amount of growth that has taken place. And I think it's been around for about 15 years. And the fact, as I said before these thousands of events and activities you mentioned midwest gaming classic yeah uh, being one that are just happening like literally almost every day of the week
2: right, right uh, yeah. with
0: with people involved and whether they're playing competitively or just going for a saturday with their families mm-hmm. like you would go to the auto show right. you have people that are being exposed to pinball
2: mm-hmm.
0: and with companies like zen that are offering virtual pinball Oh, okay. uh, it is becoming less and less foreign, mm-hmm. and I think the one thing that really stands out, admittedly, and you're close enough to it, the tactile nature of a physical pinball machine that you get to interact with, Right. there is nothing else that replicates that experience,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: even if you're doing VR,
1: right. you're putting on yeah. a headset, you're waving even your hands if you're around. playing with yeah. your
0: Wii, mm-hmm. and taking a controller and doing something, yeah, you're still...
1: It's, abstracted. it's I hate it's to say
0: it, you're contact. still somewhat passively interactive.
2: Yeah. There's still fair. some
0: characters, some action that's going on on screen that you are influencing and controlling.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: With a pinball machine, you're influencing, trying to control a solid object. Mm-hmm. And each of those worlds under glass are different, distinct, and unique. Yeah. And each of them have their own layered rules and objectives
2: mm-hmm. so
0: that if you play golf and you go from one golf course to another, the rough may be different in one course, the way that they do their sand traps may be different. The step meter on their greens may be different. Uh, You know, no two golf courses, even ones that may exist on the same resort, or Mm. maybe they have two or three, all of those are going to be idiosyncratically, slightly different, if not remarkably different. Yeah. And I think that with pinball, I guess what I see is this continuing evolution and discovery by the next generations. And Mm -hmm. there was a period of time, probably in the seventies where there was a greater sense of being intimidated by Mm -hmm. a certain generation of people when it came to a pinball machine. I discovered that in working with movie studio executives and the like, where it's like, well, let's go play. And it's like, Oh no, 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 no. I used to play. I can't play now. Oh. And the feeling was they didn't want to embarrass themselves. And it was be like, uh, come on. Right. You know, I know what it feels like to get destroyed by an eight-year-old playing World Kombat. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing <laughs> to do that.
1: Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, please go to patreon.com backslash gamedevadvice. We'd love to see if you can support the show and help uh, new episodes keep coming out. That's patreon.com
0: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code Spotify for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And I think that that has lessened in time. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: I think that that has actually, in all honesty, been a process that has been sped up because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Because now you're going out and you want to have those touch-and-feel experiences. right? So whether you are going to some game emporium Mm -hmm. to play a sit-down video game, which is going to be a different experience than playing the one on your Xbox, the one on your PlayStation, uh, the socialization, that atmosphere, and I think that barcades have shown that that is a wonderful way to meet folks. So I guess I am uh, eternally, continually, surprisingly optimistic about mm-hmm. the future of pinball as well as the future of just gaming in general mm-hmm. uh, that will not be as isolated. And I think what Stern has done and Scorbit has done is yeah. bring together the communities because now with your phone, you can enter in on uh, the Stern Connector Insider right. and you can start posting your scores and comparing your scores against somebody playing the same game right. in Yugoslavia. So that community starts blending in yeah, much more yeah. so. Right. And I think that that is much healthier mm-hmm. for pinball. Right. I think that uh, for those people who thought there was going to be a demise, because it was, oh, that's old tech. That's nostalgia. Right.
2: right. You know, right.
0: The, the old Ozenbiel commercial. It's not your father's <laughs> right. Ozenbiel anymore right. 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 for those right. people who I may remember, remember where Very there was a brand called Osmobile? Right. Well, guess like what? 90s? This is not your father or grandfather's pinball machine anymore. No. Right. Uh, this is something that's totally different.
1: Right. I think with Stern where they're connected, where you can play against someone in another location. So you have yes. a ball,
0: they have a ball, you have a ball. So it
1: it's not such a solitary thing, right? Like it's it's kind of cool, right? Like you, you can. Oh, yeah. I mean, that. there
0: is cooperative play. Yeah. It's happening. And uh, I, again, there's no limits that I see necessarily, in regard to where the future can go. Look, ESPN has uh, shown uh, some competition, oh. on the Ocho. Ocho. So,
2: okay. you know, yeah. whether
0: it's axe throwing that they've done to legitimize <laughs> that craziness and insanity, <laughs> um, that? or yep. watching paint dry with a chess competition, <laughs> uh, I think that there is, at some point in time, the understanding and acceptance that pinball is much more of a physical athletic endeavor. Mm -hmm. for those who are of a competition level right yeah
1: yeah yeah who can versus just playing it for fun or like me that i'm always like oh down the middle again damn it you know it's like i'm always in in awe and amazement when i watch someone that knows what they're doing because for me it's such a a short play cycle i'm always frustrated but then it's like when you watch someone knows what they're doing and they're unlocking the things and there's a story and they do all the things going on and tie it all together it's It's amazing, right? What about any concerns you have around the pinball industry? You're like, oh, that's a little weird.
0: God, I'm probably going to show my age with this answer. (laughs) The the price of games.
2: Oh, okay.
0: I can appreciate and understand Mm -hmm. that the cost to manufacture has increased. Parts have increased. Uh, Labor, obviously. Labor,
1: obviously. Yeah, yeah.
0: But, you know, when you're looking at what used to be a down payment for a house, or a car, uh, in order to acquire a pinball machine, I fear that it may not necessarily be affordable for what I would call regular people looking yeah. to outfit...
1: A rec room. A rec room, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, to, to put something with the pool table uh, right. or the old Wurlitzer jukebox maybe they picked up.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I
0: think that having said that, the price of play uh-huh. at location hasn't really changed all that much. Yeah. I mean, we've gone, right. obviously. Look, I'm, I'm an old person. We've gone from dimes and quarters to 50 cents to now a dollar. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about what it is that you have the opportunity to enjoy, uh, it's, it's it's a reasonable yeah, $10,000 machine
1: or something like that. Well, so, and yeah. in
0: many places, you wind up paying a single price at the door for some period of time, and right. all of the games are on free play. Right. So you right. get to play to your heart's content right. or however it goes. Yeah. So I think that that's one of the concerns. I think the other concern is that the industry, by and large, doesn't lose sight of the common denominator of people who are not obsessed with the depth of a game to the Mm -hmm. point where they get lost in the weeds, but still want to have some entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are a number of designers who understand that. And provide what used to be a very simple axiom, Mm -hmm. easy to understand, difficult to master. Right. If I walk up and I am not overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. and the game provides some audible, visual direction and prompts to Mm -hmm. me to know what I should be doing, because no one on God's earth takes the time to read the little instruction card (laughs) at the bottom of the playthrough. Never,
1: never, ever. um,
0: On the apron, even when it's there. Many of the manufacturers of their games don't even put it there. So, (laughs) you know, how do I get a tutorial? So I think that that's, I think that's my concern. My concern is that we keep that balance Mm -hmm. between folks who just want some fun, leisure time entertainment. Right. Versus those folks who are in it to Win it yeah. in regard to a particular competition.
1: Right. Hardcore. Uh, yeah.
0: And uh, take it seriously and become, in quotes, uh, pinball athletes, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Uh, running the circuit. Right. And going from event to event. So, uh, hmm. but otherwise, I think that, as I said, I think it's a brave new world each and every time because the next generation is ready, willing, and capable yeah. to embrace pinball. Yeah. Now it's just a question of giving them some fun experiences so that you are reinforcing that interest, that mm-hmm. curiosity.
1: Right. And, yeah, a lot of times the licensing ties into that, right? You, you know, and you have different things. And, oh, yeah, Godzilla, right? Like, I want to check that out. You, you know, licensing helps bring people in. And, yeah, it's a weird Yeah, I mean, look, people... a
0: license basically gets the first coin in.
2: Yeah. And it's think...
0: up to the game. Right. Amor That's a good point. They may, right. may not right. get the first coin in. If you pick a license mm-hmm. where people really don't care too much about it. Yeah. Oh God, I, I hated that movie. I'm not going to play that game. <laughs> so, you know, you, you have things where there's the checks and balances yeah. of how do I pick and choose? And something I've lived with for, you know, 14 years
2: Yeah, licensing.
0: At, uh, at Williams Valley Midway, mm-hmm. Atari,
2: yeah.
0: where, um, you know, had to be really, really as selective as possible. And sometimes we, you know, We strayed a little bit far from the middle Mm -hmm. and went to the edges where maybe there was much more of a niche type of IP versus those that were, you know, absolutely universally uh, enjoyable, recognizable.
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: back then, we had to take into account, especially for pinball, that a good 60 to 65 percent of our production was going internationally
1: oh
0: so, right yeah yeah so that doesn't so resonate the rest of it international domestic, right but it yeah. was like you know does germany like this will hans rosenzweig like this <laughs> right. nova right. Right. so you know do we get that blessing from dda right and, and uh in france yeah so you know you wind up going through those complex decisions hmm. in regard to wanting to allow creative teams the ability to express themselves
1: oh that's fair um Here's a loaded question. What's a funnier odd story from working in the industry? Because I'm sure you have a, a Rolodex of ones to pull <laughs> up.
0: <laughs> I do. I'm just wondering which are clean enough. Yeah. Uh, it's always versus...
1: the answer. Like which is the NDA and which can I say? Right. And,
0: well, and which about people that uh, are no longer with us versus yeah. some who still are. Right. Um, I think and and it literally there is a part of it in the movie was My encounter with actually Gary Stern. Okay. At a New York distributor in 1975. Wow. Back then, Gary was there.
1: Okay. Wow.
0: Yep. He had just started. All right. And uh, they were uh, showcasing at the distributor the game had just come in, Big Ben. So, Hmm. for those who go to the IPDB Internet Pinball Database, you can look up Big Ben. And I remember being introduced to him. Yeah. I just asked. You know, whether or not the design, which was very familiar to me uh, with some other games that I had looked at and referenced yeah. uh, at the distributorship through flyers and whatever else. Mm-hmm. And I want to, yeah, but was it like this particular game over here? Because it has this large, wide uh, lane going back to the top and the way the jet bumpers are and the way that the lanes are mm-hmm. in this other area. And yeah. a couple of months after that, uh, I went to an industry trade show, hmm. and uh I ran into Gary and he wound up introducing me. He said, "Oh it's Roger, ask him anything about pinball machines, and he will tell you everything that there is to know. I mean, ask him about a game, and he'll tell you how it exists and is so similar to like fourteen other games
2: right and yeah.
0: And I think that that is something that I remember vividly because if nothing else, it really kind of set me up. To have an understanding that as I was accumulating knowledge,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I have a photographic memory. Mm. It's, it's probably less than a little bit now, but back then it was really precise. Yeah, and, and the fact of being able to absorb everything, I thought that I needed to be on the same level as everyone else. Okay. So that the observations that I was making, I just thought, well, of course they understand that that game is similar to that one, that one. And it wasn't oh. that at all.
1: Right, because I see it. And so I guess and the, people see it. Yeah.
0: the cherry on top was uh, finding out about Harry Williams. Because oh. I had no I had oh. no knowledge about anybody.
2: Right. And I right. was like,
0: here's this person, this Thomas Edison of pinball, this guy.
1: Right. Started- he wor- right. I mean, he, he worked there. He had a job for life, right? I remember hearing stories at Midway. Like, oh, sure.
0: He was in his 80s, 90s, whatever he was, he was no, working No, well, back there. then he was still in his 70s. But oh, yes, okay. I mean... Uh, the, the fact that he was there from the beginning in 1931, 32, yeah. and hearing his life story. Wow. Uh, so when you ask about anything, you know, story-wise, whether humorous or otherwise, yeah, I think those are the things that make up the jigsaw puzzle of my world with pinball, mm-hmm. that I was able to kind of piece together into a much more finished tableau, if you will, yeah. that not only allowed me to do my pinball book, Right. What led to testifying in New York and now ultimately leading to this feature yeah. film. Right. So it's all kind of crazy the way that, you know, the dominoes fell, fell <laughs> if you will.
1: Right. Is the pinball book still available? Can people go on Amazon and is it for sale? Uh, yeah, but I would,
0: I would stress not to buy the one that's up for $5,000 on uh, Amazon. I think wow. that's a little bit excessive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, book, the book effectively is out of print. I'm looking at, potentially reissuing it.
2: Okay. I have
0: all the rights back. Great. uh, But uh, there are copies that are available at a much more, I think of a much more reasonable price. Although there are others that are escalated. We did uh, 5,000 hardcovers. About 95% of them were personally signed and numbered by me. Wow. There were three print runs, totaling about 80,000 paperback. Yeah. On tail table. Uh, books at seven ninety five and eight ninety five. So when I see people bringing in a book and saying, "Oh, I was able to get this for three hundred fifty dollars," it kind of astounds me. But I also right. appreciate the fact that the book has gotten an ardent following. Right. And less and less do I find books that I have to autograph that actually still have a library card in them. So I feel I feel really good about that. Right. Right.
1: Clear. You're clear. No, that's 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 crazy. Is there any games you're playing right now that you're excited about? Anything that like. Wow, I'm really into this.
0: Well, for video, I've become somewhat enchanted with uh, the wizarding world of Harry Potter, the Match 3. Oh. I think that uh, what the folks have crafted is uh, pretty darn good. And Match 3 has become a major yeah, a influence whole, right, and yeah. direction, literally, with almost everybody in anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that it's iPhone, iPad.
1: Is Zynga doing that? Is that Tremel and Zynga, or, or is that somebody else? Yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: It's it's now Port Key, Key uh, Port Key Games. Okay, and I think uh, Mark Chamel yeah. and his uh, folks worked on it. Awesome. So I, I, I think it's somewhat elegant, so I'm enjoying that. Okay, there's a little golf game that I also play on my phone that I kind of like, Ultimate Golf.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: um, you know, for pinball, I, I think that it's you know I, I have 24 games at home here. Five antiques, including the first one ever patented from 1871.
1: Wow! I saw the and the WGN clip uh, when I was checking things out. Yeah, yeah, that machine. Where you yeah, just... the
0: improvements in bagatelle. Yeah, but uh, you know George Gomez's new uh, design on uh, 007 oh. looks kind of interesting. Cool. Uh, Godzilla from uh, Keith Elwin. Mm-hmm. I helped American Pinball with uh, a game based on Hot Wheels, which I <laughs> think is a pretty good one. Yeah, you have Cactus Canyon. As a reissue from Chicago Gaming that just came out, as well as a remake of Attack from Mars and Medieval Madness. Dutch Pinball has the Big Lebowski, which I think is a (laughs) nice game. Great license. Great license. There's a a wide swath of current games, but truthfully, Mm -hmm. when I go to events like Pinball Expo or I'll be at the upcoming Texas Pinball Festival, I'll be looking for some of the gems from. Another era, games like Paragon, mm-hmm. maybe the original Kiss from 1980,
2: oh, uh, not right, taking yeah. anything
0: away from the newer one, right. uh, maybe an Indiana Jones mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Mark Ritchie designed, Yeah, uh, maybe a Terminator that Steve Ritchie did. Yeah. So there are some favorites, and then I can look back and see, can I find some games from the 70s or 60s, which mm-hmm. fortunately for the movie, because I wanted everything to be authentic yeah. and appropriate for the periods of yeah, time, time period. right. was to uh, actually locate some fabulous, wonderful games from uh, the 60s and early 70s right. that populate the movie. So many of those that when I was out during production, I had a chance to play again. And
2: oh, wow. Kind of, uh,
0: reintroduce myself to them, and conversely, yeah. they got to reintroduce themselves to me, giving right. some human characteristics yeah. to these uh, mechanical marvels. So yeah, I mean, I think that I am still, I'm still someone that loves to enjoy seeing a game for the first time and getting a sense of, you know, what is under that hood. Mm -hmm. I just had a meeting uh, the other day where I had a chance to play a machine that has not been released yet to the public and just playing it and getting a feel for the geometry of it, the rhythm, the flow, what are the Mm -hmm. rules? Once I go here, where should I go next? So it's all of that that I think uh, really energizes me much right. more than being able to say, you know, is there something specific, even though right. I've rattled off a number of games.
1: No, yeah, <laughs> uh, right. No, that's exciting. Um, yeah, to know about the new games. And when does the uh, 007 come out? Like, is that uh, out that early?
0: came out, uh, I want to say, I think it was actually in November, uh, because I know that it was a Pinball Expo. Okay. So I think production is ongoing now yeah. uh, for the games.
1: Right. Great license, uh, but, great designer. So, yeah, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, I've not yeah, no,
0: George, I think, did a marvelous job with it.
1: Yeah, i got to get George on this. Is there anything I should have asked you about but didn't?
0: I don't think so. I mean, depending on your audience and whether or not any of this is of interest to them, <laughs> uh, I, I think that we've covered, uh, I would hope, yeah. a, a broad swath of subject matter.
1: Yeah, it's been cool to connect. Uh, it's been 13 years, I think, since we've talked. So, no, that's, that's cool. Yeah, and um, we
0: still remember each other and don't look all that different. <laughs> right. So what more do we want? You, yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, you look the same to me. So, yeah. it's
0: No, don't say that, because when people say that, I wind up saying, you mean I look that old back then? <laughs> oh, my God. Right. Like, wait a minute. I,
1: what's that? What, it's a backhanded compliment. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, it's like my wife says, because, you know, there's the classic picture of me in uh, the city council in New York in 76. And she said, God, I really liked your black mustache. And I said, well, I have the mustache still. Trust me, it's not black anymore. <laughs> so, you know, right. give it right. up. Right. Sorry.
1: Right. The grays kick in. Yeah, I've, I've got grays in my beard here, too. So so where can people find you online? Like website, Twitter, stuff like that? Like any areas I should share? Or?
0: Pinballfilm.com. Pinballfilm. Uh, okay. We'll get people directly to uh, the movie yeah. and all of the... Relevant information of upcoming film festivals that are still coming, upcoming events. Mm-hmm. I know that there was one in New York last week where uh a large number of the cast members, Crystal Reed being one who plays my wife Ellen, cool. was there along with Meredith and Austin. And then, you know, the movie opening, I, I know that they're looking at uh maybe doing something special in or around Chicago. So right. we'll see how that comes to play. So keeping Keeping in touch with it that way, Uh, Vertical Entertainment, as a distributor, has a page up about the movie as well, where uh, you can get details whenever the DVDs will be made available and Mm. what services. Director's cut and
1: behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, You know, I I think that, you know, that becomes a good thing. Mm. Um, And and other than that, I think, you know, look, I take my hat off to MPI, the Moving Mm. Picture Institute. Yeah. original films uh mm-hmm. this is their baby yeah and uh, if people want to go to the mpi org uh, okay. and check out that website uh you know Showing please up. do because mm-hmm. it will highlight not just pinball but uh, an amazing portfolio of uh content and then i mentioned before the ifpa pinball website yeah i think those are the the websites that i think make the most sense
1: yeah I'm glad to see it on streaming, right? Because you can just reach such a wider audience. So the fact it's coming out March 17th on streaming is. uh,
0: Yeah. And more importantly, you know, I don't know if it's true for this. I know that it was for uh, both the uh, Heartland Film Mm -hmm. Festival Mm -hmm. and uh, the Hamptons, where Mm -hmm. they uh, made available virtual tickets. Oh, okay. So you didn't have to go physically. Otherwise, yes, March 17th is when it all it's the wall drops
1: tsunami it's out there yeah no that's exciting thank you roger for your time this is this has been fun catching up and i'm just so excited to know about this movie coming out and this story to be there because it just seems so wild to think that it was illegal back then and and how much it's changed and how people love this this uh playing pinball so yeah it's it's very cool that well it's it's crazy
0: when when you think about it you had an entire industry of of folks Mm-hmm. Working and living in Chicago, who could not take their families or themselves <laughs> anywhere to to show what, they do. Yeah, what yeah. it was that they were working on. It's kind of like ah. living in Detroit. And uh, yeah, there's no cars in Detroit. Sorry, we only manufacture them here <laughs> and we ship them out. There's no driving of cars right, in Detroit.
2: Yeah, yeah
1: can't see them anywhere. Uh, yeah,
0: Battle right. Creek, Michigan. Sorry, we can't have any cereal right. eaten right. here. <laughs> right, and right. and I think that you know. In that context, it is somewhat remarkable that mm-hmm. the industry coalesced back in the 30s in Chicago, and admittedly, right. a number of reasons to do that. Right. But the fact that it has touched so many lives in so many different ways over these many decades mm-hmm. and generations.
1: Right. And, World, uh, worldwide, right? And, so, right. Yeah. and
0: to the point that, you know, look, uh, we found ourselves working at the same company.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: Um, in a way that, Underscores the fact that we were the dominant manufacturer throughout the world Mm -hmm. for video games and for pinball machines. Right. Nobody else could touch Williams, Bally, Midway.
2: Yeah, Yeah. That
0: was remarkable unto itself. Right. For a period of time, before everything kind of flamed out.
2: Right. As you
0: pointed out, things are back on the upsurge,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and uh, it's 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 gratifying to see. And from the standpoint of my movie. Uh, one of the, uh, the performers, one of the, the cast members, uh, was sitting down. We were talking before he had to go on for a scene. Yeah. And uh, he said, I got to tell you something. And, and this is an actor that people will know when they see him. It's like, oh, wow, I've seen this guy. He's a great character actor. He said, mm-hmm. this is the kind of movie that people don't realize they're going to need to see. Mm. And, he, and he left, got himself off the chair and walked to do the scene. And I, I sat there. Yeah, I, I wasn't certain. I had to let that ruminate for a second. This right. is the kind of movie that people don't realize they're going to need to see. And I kind of almost turned as if this. oh, I understand now. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's like a good thing, isn't it? Right. Click, boom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that is what we have discovered through all of the feedback from the various festivals
2: mm-hmm. and
0: all of the accolades and awards that Meredith and Austin have garnered. their work as both writers and directors Mm -hmm. and uh hopefully people will see this you know small little indie movie and realize wow didn't that realize that pinball was illegal and here's this kind of goofy crazy guy that was at the center (laughs) of it all right so
1: it changed the course of the whole industry right back in the 70s so yeah that's yep it's crazy and uh again hats off to you for doing that because
0: well thank you kindly
1: yeah, like
0: an enduring legacy yeah. that I had never expected. Trust me.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's cool that you did it, right? And and um, you know, embrace it. That's that's great. Um, no, it's very cool.
0: Thank hey, you. John, I appreciate this, my friend. Yep. Gotta see you one of these days when the weather's better.
1: Uh, there you go. We, we get uh, spring comes back. We'll we'll meet somewhere between Ah and in my town here, and uh, yeah, grab a coffee or a beer or something. So yeah,
0: definitely. or play pinball somewhere. Yeah, there you, you go. It.
1: We'll meet at uh, Doc Mac's place down there at uh, Gallopy Ghost, and uh, definitely. Thanks for listening to this episode of Game Dev Advice, the Game Developers Podcast. Go to the website at gamedevadvice.com and you can find the show notes along with show notes for all the other episodes. Please also check out the new Patreon page at patreon.com backslash game dev advice. Have a lot of options up there for how you can support the show. Again, that's patreon.com backslash game dev advice. Thanks again for listening and being part of the show. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.